Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. This is the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Val. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. This is Holiday. This is Steve Young. E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode, the 64th episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. That would be the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. 64 episodes, Darren. 64 down. That reminds me of a uh, Rolling Stones song. Never heard that one. Okay. Maybe it was another British band. You know, I get them all confused. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, on this show, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about some UFC coming into WWE territory. Someone in WWE becoming hashtag Woken. Uh, we got some news involving TNA. Some uh, some new people in charge there. And we even have some news about Billy Corgan's NWA. Some uh, forward progress from NWA. That's nice to hear. Yeah, and if this forward progress is true... This is huge progress in a forward direction in a short period of time. Yeah, it's true. Very true indeed. And of course, uh, a lot going on this weekend involving Fest Wrestling. And we're going to talk all about both cards for Brawl by the Beach and Pickle in the Tree 2. Uh, that is in Florida this week. And uh, we got our good friend Rich Bokini. Uh, you know his voice from Fest Wrestling. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, all things Fest Wrestling, and what better place to do it than here on the whole ref and show, for sure. And uh, if that's not enough, we even have uh, one of the Fest faithful on our show today, Serpentico. Jonathan Cruz stopping by. We're going to have a nice little chat with him about wrestling, about growing up in the, a wrestling family, and uh, basically making his way through the wrestling ranks and uh, becoming the upright citizen slash wrestler that he is today. And we have plenty of questions for Serpentico, and Serpentico has plenty to say to us. But before we get to that, we got to talk about those headlines. Ronda Rousey doesn't belong anywhere near an octagon, according to Dana White. Dana White, of course, made the statement a little while back that he had no desire to see Ronda Rousey inside of the cage again, but I think a lot of people would like to see Ronda Rousey in some sort of ring, some sort of squared circle, and it looks like WWE is finally getting close to putting that piece of paper in front of her and asking her to sign her life away. Ronda Rousey and World Wrestling Entertainment very close to signing a deal. That's interesting. Very interesting stuff here. Ronda Rousey, who of course appeared in 2015 at WrestleMania 31, a.k.a. WrestleMania play sign, as she got in the ring with The Rock and confronted Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, and then was all but forgotten about until appearing at the Mae Young Classic. We saw her, I think, on the red carpet for that, uh, backstage shots, and then, while sitting at ringside with her fellow 
MMA Four Horsewomen, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, the three ladies were cheering on their friend who was in the Mae Young tournament herself. Shanna Baszler, of course. And then, of course, they were confronted by WWE's Four Horsewomen, which are Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bayley. Um, there's all kind of talk about what will happen. Shayna Baszler, I know, I thought that she had signed with WWE, but maybe not. I, apparently, it is close as well, or it's le- at least on the horizon as far as a proper WWE contract, not just the Mae Young Classica, which she was the runner-up. Uh, losing in the finals to Kyrie Sane. Runner up as first loser. That's did true. you ever did you ever read that No Fear t shirt? Yeah. Two episodes in a row referenced the No Fear clothing line. That's right. Hopefully we'll uh, find some way we can mention Big Johnson again too. Oh, Big Johnson drivers. Oh yeah. man. Because uh all I know is uh I learned too much. Uh puberty <laughs> <laughs> Puberty was uh, just the right time for uh, those other kids to start wearing those Big Johnson shirts. Uh, I remember being 13 and reading the back of someone's t-shirt in uh, class in 7th grade. And it said, uh, Big Johnson Casinos. Liquor up front, poker in the back. Nice. And I said to myself, I said, I have no idea what that means. I I don't know how to play poker. (laughs) I don't drink liquor, and clearly the innuendo is lost on me. Ah, Big Johnson Driver t-shirts corrupting Southern youth uh, for many, many years. I think if you went to school, if you were in the school system here in South Georgia or, you know, North Florida, you sat behind someone who wore a Big Johnson Driver's t-shirt, and you stared at the back of it all day going... Why are the women like that? I don't understand. I I don't know what's happening here, but uh, <laughs> it was better than the when I the kid I sat behind when I took my SAT. Uh-oh, here uh oh, here we go. Who apparently to take the edge off? He was very nervous about taking the SAT. To take the edge off, he decided to take a paper clip and pierce his own earlobe, and so. His bloody ear dripped onto my desk for uh, the entirety of the SAT. Oh my so, god! Uh, He's hardcore! He's hardcore! He's so, hardcore! Uh, yeah, you know, here we are 20 years later. Thanks, Zane. And that child was Axel Rotten. Um, <laughs> wow, interesting. But Ronda Rousey, if she signs with WWE, what's she going to do? I know speculation has already begun that... Clearly, they would want to use her in some sort of capacity at WrestleMania. We're talking about WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, a.k.a. WrestleMania Fleur de Lis 2. Only four years after they were just there for WrestleMania 30. So the frequency, that's a whole other conversation to have. But Ronda Rousey, if she's going to be at WrestleMania, she has to appear before WrestleMania. But here we are, it's already December I don't see her making an appearance before January. Right. They're not going to try and cram her in around Christmas time when very few people are watching anyway. So remember how we were talking about the possibility of a women's Royal Rumble? Yeah. If they do it, how better to introduce Ronda Rousey than then, a surprise entrant? Than eliminating or, or eliminating Charlotte Flair. Or she's in the audience and something happens and, and they eliminate all four of those women 
Um, that, that could be it because I, like I said before, like this all smells like a, a WrestleMania match to me, you know, eight, eight woman tag match basically. And if ever the women at this point had a chance of being the main event of WrestleMania, I think this is the only way it's going to happen because you have four very capable, very good wrestlers in Charlotte and Bailey and Becky and Sasha. Um, against four MMA fighters, and Ronda Rousey, the, that, that's a big deal. And we all know that they WWE loves celebrities at WrestleMania. They do. I mean, this harkens back to Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam, which was the main event. Yes, and and that's just Lawrence Taylor. See, I was about to say you're about to you you actually you just you you preemptively struck at me, much like uh, the United States did on Iraq. Uh, 14 years ago. Right. And uh, you preemptively struck me with the Lawrence Taylor bit. Because I, I was going to refute your point only to say that I love the idea of an eight-woman tag as your WrestleMania main event purely and simply because it's so different. Right. Um, and then not to mention the fact that it'd be revolutionary in it, in the WWE sense as well as a true... Women's revolutionary. Exactly. Exactly, precisely. As well as revolutionary in terms of the presentation of of the business or the sport or the show business or the pro wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. But I think the problem is having, not Ronda Rousey, not having Ronda Rousey there, that's fine. To me, it's having Marina Shafir, Shayna Baszler, and Jessamyn Duke in the WrestleMania main event when I barely know who they are. And I am an enormous pro wrestling fan right. and a follower of MMA, and yet I barely know these women. So celebrity or no, Ronda Rousey as the firm, clear anchor or no, it still seems like a bit of a stretch to imagine those three MMA girls that are not Ronda right. getting the spotlight of a WrestleMania main event. But... That's when I expected you to throw back Lawrence Taylor at me, right, right. but you already mentioned it. So I, I, I always know, have Lawrence. I always have Lawrence Taylor ready to go. That's a fair thing. That's a fair thing to keep loaded. My, my LT pistol is always cocked, and I'm ready to shoot it out at you. Um, but no, I mean it, it's it's kind of it's all things, right? It, it's it's four women wrestlers in the main event, so it's not just relying on one and saying, "Oh, well, that's enough." Very true. It's four. And it's your it's four MMA fighters, so it's it's you're legitimizing wrestling as a combat sport. And one of the four of the MMA fighters is a celebrity. Right. Ronda Rousey's become a household name. She is a celebrity. It is all things. It is the it is the it is all the ingredients you need for WrestleMania stew, baby. So WrestleMania gumbo, and well, you're gonna have the gumbo, baby. Then that uh, Florida Lee, baby. Talk about some New Orleans. New Orleans WrestleMania, baby. Okay. Sorry, uh, sorry. It, it became... I don't know what I became. I, I don't know. There, 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 there was some of Cleo, who, who used to read the fortune the fortunes on that hotline, uh, and there was there was a little bit of Dusty Rhodes in there, there as was well. A, so. There was a teeny... There was a dash, if you will. Right? There was a dash of Booker T. <laughs> I was waiting... I was waiting to become Booker T for a second there, too. I, for a second, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, no, I no. thought I was about to hear the music start playing. I had to keep Booker in check. I agree, actually. You know, it, it seems like it, it, you're right. I can't even argue against it anymore. Still seems weird. That's right, those... folks. Number 64, the last episode of the whole reference show. P. 
Perry was right. Good night, folks. Na 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 na. It was uh, yes. <laughs> Despite, I still have some reservations, much like uh, the model Rick Martel. <laughs> but uh, we really shouldn't throw to that joke. It's it's horribly <laughs> racist. I do have some reservations about uh, the those other three girls, but as a package, as a gumbo. Uh, I can totally buy it. I uh, hey, I'll take it over Roman Reigns ending the show holding the universal title over his head. I'm not saying that won't happen. I, I'm just saying that hopefully won't end the show. That's what I'm saying. I'll take right, that over right, that right. ending the show. Well, Ronda Rousey is the equivalent to Brock Lesnar, just a female. Uh, sure. Legit fighting champion, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Okay, another man who made. The sport legitimate again, or at least made the belief in the underdog relevant again. Daniel Bryan, is he going to play the ultimate underdog card here and come back to a WWE wrestling ring? Talk about Ronda Rousey coming in. What about Daniel Bryan coming back? I think uh, Kurt Angle was kind of a, a, a impromptu test run for that happening. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think Kurt Angle's done great stuff in the ring since he's been back. He just he just hasn't. Um, it's always nice to see the occasional Angle slam. That's good. Um, obviously, Daniel Bryan's going to be is a lot younger, a lot you know younger, and he's going to be a bit more involved in the matches. I think with uh, Angle, they are kind of using him like you know they're holding him with kid gloves. You know, it's like, okay, you get to rest a little bit. Right, right. Tag out or, oh, you're injured for 20 minutes and you go take a nap backstage. <laughs> um, so it's, it's very different. But I think they did kind of inadvertently test the waters with Kurt Angle and say, like, well, he's still, he's okay. He was injured, but he seems okay. Well, Maybe I don't. Daniel. I don't yeah, know. and I don't know exactly where these reports are coming from, but the reports are that he is cleared. And the reports are saying cleared, cleared. Not like WWE's still got this ban, but his doc- he's found a screwball doctor who said, sure, wrestle. <laughs> you know, and he's going to go... This is Dr. Pepper. He says <laughs> I can wrestle. <laughs> his soda's delicious. His soda's real good. It's not like, uh, you know, he, he has some crackpot. And, uh, and, and now he's going to go off and wrestle in, like, you know, uh, some sea league in Japan. No. Apparently, I was thinking of a wrestling league that that operated like in the ocean. Not a not an S E A league. The okay. letter C, okay, as in C grade. Okay, uh, not S E A grade. Okay, not like C ready. Not maritime. Okay, it's not maritime. Okay, no, but I think Daniel Bryan versus the Submariner. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Daniel Bryan. Uh, versus Leviathan. He already defeated Leviathan. Oh my god! At WrestleMania, Fleur de Lis won. Isn't Leviathan just the coolest word in the world? It is. And then they decided to just call him Daiquiri Dave instead. Uh, but uh, no, wait. I, I, actually, they didn't call him Daiquiri Dave. I called him Daiquiri Dave. Oh, okay. They called him Deacon Bautista. Okay. Uh, and then eventually, of course, he became. Batista. Well, Leviathan, you think of like a, a a tall, like slender guy, not. Well, when I think of Leviathan, I think of like a big greasy fish. Mm. But you know, same thing. Okay. Daniel Bryan, though, th- this type of clearance, it, it seems like WWE's buying into it. 
WWE is considering let's have Daniel wrestle again. Mm-hmm. So where do we say do we see him as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble? Ooh. Is that the way he returns? Easy, Darren. Easy. We got ourselves into quite a bit of trouble last year at the Rumble. Too true. When we're, Too we're true. like, oh man, but what if? What if? The Crowstein comes back in his prime. They get a time machine. What if Bruce San Martino makes another run for the championship? With this in his prime, like what what time machine are you privy to its existence that I'm not? (laughs) Daniel Bryan, though, will he appear ever again in a wrestling capacity for WWE? If it were ever going to happen, it seems like uh, the possibilities are now back on the table. Right. That it, signs are pointing to yes. So we'll see. Table. I don't know if we'll see him return or not, but we did get to see somebody return this week. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's a somebody that uh, he didn't go away. He didn't really have to go away to return. Mm-hmm. He just had to transform. He just had to break or... Is it is it, is it wake? He had to awaken, uh, not Leon Scott style. He had to become woken. That's right, ladies and, and that's gentlemen. That's Matt Hardy. He is woken. He is woken on Monday Night Raw, and he has told Bray Wyatt there is one destination for you, brother, and it is. Delete, delete, delete. And I, I gotta, I gotta say, um, we talked a lot about this uh, ever since the Hardy showed up at WrestleMania earlier this year, which was forever ago. Yeah, uh, we're talking about like when, when are they gonna break Matt Hardy? When are they gonna break Matt Hardy? Um, and we're finally getting it. And obviously, we we discussed the show a lot. All the uh, the the all of the legal red tape that has to be cut through and kind of stretched and gotten out of the way. Um, for them to actually do this character on WWE, and there was the worry, like, but but what are we gonna get? Like, like there's no way we'll get matches at the compound, and you know, Vanguard won the drone and Senior Benjamin and all that stuff, and we still may never get that. Right, right. So there was kind of like a, well, you'll get the WWE version of this, so right. you, you will by default get a watered down version. And even him not saying that he's broken, you know, saying he's woke was kind of like that's already a compromise. I'm checked out. And to be honest with you, I missed Raw, um, and people, I saw people posting about it, saying, oh no, he's broken again, he's broken again. And I was like, but how good could that be? I watched the, I watched my recorded episode of Raw, and I saw the Matt Hardy promo uh, with, with the, the, the Bray Wyatt video, and it was perfect. And I laughed so hard throughout the whole thing. It is genius. It's, it's everything we wanted it to be. Absolutely. It's, uh, who gives a... Shit, if it's woken or broken. It's the character, it's the idea, and uh, the one thing we said, we said, it's going to, all our speculation was, it'll be terrible, Mm -hmm. but it'll look good, uh, because WWE production is better. Well, I think we were wrong. Yeah. It's going to be great, and it's going to look great. I'm happy to be wrong, by the way. Ah, uh, me too. And, and also, what we just said about like no Vanguard One, no Senior Benjamin, uh, all that stuff. I mean, it was just Matt Hardy talking. It was just Matt Hardy being that broken character, and that's all you need, right? Because it was it was perfect. It was you could have said that was footage from a TNA or an Impact Wrestling 
you know, PPV from years ago, and I would have believed it. Right. Because it, it was perfect. Yeah, I think uh, it can only go up. Well, we're going to get the story all over again, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the way WWE is going to present this is this is their reimagining of it. Right. This isn't the sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, on Twitter, Matt Hardy makes it very clear that this is the return. Right. Or this is part two, or however you want to look at it. This is. <laughs> The next solar cycle, right. I think, was what he actually tweeted. But WWE is not going to look at it that way. Like, you know what I mean? I think WWE is going to look at it as this is the beginning, right? right. They're going to look at look at it as Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not uh, you know. <laughs> you shouldn't use that example to hype us up, Darren. That was a bad. That was a bad call. That. You know what? You know why you, I use that. You, 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 you could have used the, the newer, heard. more successful Planet of the Apes trilogy instead. You went to the shitty. Let's try to do this. Oh, it's Tim Burton, so everything's swirly. Everything's okay, well, swirly. Excuse the shit out of me. Thank you. The Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes was the first time I ever heard reimagining. Oh. In terms of uh, what a movie was, and so because it was the first time I ever heard that term. That's the one that stuck in my head. It's not a sequel. It's not a reboot. It's a reimagining. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which, by the way, happens to be the way I most readily accept uh, movies that are remakes these days is I either don't accept them right. or I accept them if they are a reimagining that's pulled off successfully. But- I don't like a reboot, I don't like a straight-up remake, okay. and I don't like a 40 years later sequel. You really enjoyed uh, uh, Charlie and the Ch- Chocolate Factory, right? Speaking of Tim Burton and his re- his reimaginings? No. That was a reimagining, Darren. Right. It wasn't a remake. So. I didn't say I liked all reimaginings. I said right. that it is the way that I will most readily accept... A remake. That doesn't mean I will always accept. It was Tim Burton's reimagining, so you know that meant Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with swirlies. Everything's swirly. Yes. There's a lot of squirrely patterns in Tim Burton movies. Is what I'm trying to say right now, folks. And you're not wrong. I know. I spoke. Oh. <laughs> Therefore, I am. Wrong. Therefore, wrong. I am correct. So, Sports Illustrated, which I still can't wrap my head around the fact that Sports Illustrated even if it is .com. Uh, It's great that Sports Illustrated is covering pro wrestling, but still messes with my head. Who's, who's, who, wait, 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 who who subscribes to Sports Illustrated? No one. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. In in theory, who is the magazine for? Uh, The person who gets bamboozled at the register at uh, Walden Fair enough, but who is the magazine intended for? Sports fans. Right? Or people who like sports, so people who play sports, right? Sure. So athletes. Yeah. And wrestlers are fucking athletes. You can debate on whether wrestling is a sport or not, but you cannot argue the fact that these are fucking athletic people. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I agree with and then, you. And that's why I say it's okay for Sports Illustrated to, to, to do this. Oh, and I'm 100% with you, yeah. but I feel like what probably happened is it took some dot-com editor giving that speech you just gave. Right. But ten times... And hopefully not getting the, the, the horrible feedback that you were giving me the whole time. Well, <laughs> right, hopefully right. the magazine... Hopefully right. someone inside the magazine 
wasn't being <laughs> quite as cynical as I was. Here we go, listeners. Darren has to give me just one key word, and I'll prove how right I am. Oh, nope. He's being Darren about it. Nope. Okay, not that either. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now you're pulling out all the cards. How long have you been waiting to play that one? Quote, unquote, Pulling a Darren. Ah, yeah. I, oh my god. I didn't say us, that. That was the only first time. It took us 64 episodes before <laughs> I'm accused of pulling a Darren. Yeah, well, I think I think the listeners who have been here for the last 63, they're well aware of what pulling a Darren is. Are they? They are. Okay. Okay. Well, like I said, <laughs> some poor downtrodden SportsIllustrated.com <laughs> editor... Had to go into the real, like, S-I-E-I-C and stand in front of him and give your speech only Mm -hmm. ten times more impassioned. Mm -hmm. And probably with, uh, I don't know, the editor-in-chief may have pulled a Darren. Right. I don't know. It's it's probably that there's, I mean, obviously in sports, a lot of off-seasons, so you need some filler and with wrestling, WWE will tell you repeatedly there is no off season, which is absolutely a hundred percent true. These guys go at it all oh, year right? long. Yeah, yeah. But my thing is also, um, I'm sure whatever they post anything about wrestling on there, you look at the comments, half of them are like, "This fake shit." Hey, guess what? Fake. I love that. I love non wrestling fans telling wrestling fans about wrestling. Hey, guess that's what? my favorite thing. Fake. Hey, guess what? Fake. Well. Two plus two equals fake. <laughs> Regardless, Sports Illustrated has uh, released or has written an article stating that Vince McMahon is already fully on board with the Woken Matt Hardy character. Very cool. Vince, who, as anyone who listens to this show and knows anything about wrestling, knows Beyond a shadow of a doubt, Vince McMahon does not watch wrestling that's not produced by WWE. He never has, and he never will. Therefore, he's probably never seen Broken Matt. But on Monday, he got to see Woken Matt. And the word is, according to Sports Illustrated, however they're getting their information, whatever their source may be, Vince McMahon is on board and has given creative control to Matt Hardy wow. for the Woken character. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Vince with McMahon that. also is uh, is one to change his mind a lot, but we'll see. Okay, no, that's fine. But but still, I mean, we're on board with the uh, Matt Hardy character, the Woken thing. It's great. Working really well. Love that Vince likes it. That's very important. Love that Matt Hardy has complete control over it. So uh, everything looks good, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. As far as creative control, we got two gentlemen who are taking over creative for Impact Wrestling. Oh, that's right. Good news for Impact? (laughs) I I, I I love hearing good news for Impact. I I mean, I think it's good news, at least 50% wise. So, Impact (laughs) Wrestling. It's great news. Half of it is great news. Yes. (laughs) Impact uh, still owned by Anthem, yep. Anthem Sports and Entertainment, who have now relocated Impact Wrestling to the Great White North, to Canada, have brought two Canadians on board to complete their uh, creative direction triumvirate. That's right. Uh, Ed Nordholm, who is the president of Anthem Sports, and therefore the executive uh, president of 
Impact has hired Don Callis, a.k.a. Cyrus, a.k.a. The Jackal, and Scott Demore to be co-executive vice presidents of Creative Direction. Like I said, the two of them will uh, be on this three-man senior executive committee with Ed Nordholm, and they will be in charge of Creative Direction. Scott Demore, I don't know very much about this guy. I know that when TNA was growing in like 04, 05, and there was this enormous faction called Team Canada, and it, it was like everybody and their brother, everybody and their Canadian brother was in this group. It was like Scott Demore, and he was kind of a roundish fellow with short hair and glasses, and he was like coach. What was he, he wearing, was like during, Coach Demore. What was he wearing? He during? was wearing like a leather. Yes. <laughs> like uh, wearing like a leather, like a letterman's jacket. Okay. But of course, it's red and white and has uh, maple leaves on it. Oh my god, you're really good at doing the U. <laughs> oh, am I pulling a Darren? You're pulling it. You're pulling it. This is this is a different pulling a Darren. For those for those who don't know, listeners, Darren enjoys uh, describing people. Uh, especially wardrobe. This is my dating profile. Because Darren, yeah, this is for you, Harmony. <laughs> uh, he also enjoys wrestling. Anyway, go ahead. Wrestling was second, by the way. <laughs> well, this Team Canada thing, and like whenever it was, early 21st century, the early years of TNA, Scott Demore was the, the coach, the leader, whatever. I know Eric Young was a part of it, PD Williams, I think Elix Skipper. Uh, These all sound like children, by the way. (laughs) These all sound like five-year-old kids. They're not adults. They sound like our gang. They sound like the little rascals. (laughs) They sound like little rascals characters. Jesus Christ. No, but people know who these people are. (laughs) Eric Young, leader of Sanity. (sighs) Petey Williams. I don't know if he was the creator of the Canadian Destroyer. But he was one of the earliest adopters. And Elix Skipper, come on, Pranta Elix, Pranta Elix. I got it, I got it, I remember. Alright, you're not wrong that they sound like the little rascals. When you say all three of their names, <laughs> Eric Young and then Petey, I was like, you sound like children. Elix Skipper, okay, now I have to say that you sound like children. <laughs> well, that's Scott Demore. That's, that's about the extent of my knowledge of Scott Demore. But apparently, ever since Anthem took over... Scott Demore has come back as the Vice President of International Relations, which I guess is why he's the one that's working out deals with, uh, like, Pro Wrestling Noah and uh, AAA and uh, sort of getting uh, TNA, or the artist formerly known as TNA, uh, involved uh, with other international wrestling organizations. Well, now he's, I guess, I don't know if he's going to keep that job as well as one-third of this creative team. But Don Callis is the one I'm excited about. You, you've As been a Don a Callis fan big, for big, a big, long big, big, time. Big, big, yeah. big, 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 big fan of the Jackal. Quite a big fan of uh, his character that followed the Jackal, which was Cyrus the Virus, which was a, uh, a basically a phony TNN, uh, the uh, predecessor to Spike TV, TNN, the national network, uh, television executive who fought against Paul Heyman and tried to take down ECW in their short-lived tenure on that network. This is, of course, before Vince McMahon bought everybody. Mm-hmm. 
I loved Cyrus on that show, and uh, and I like Don Callis. He's one of the voices of New Japan Pro Wrestling, one of the English voices. Um, as far as the live commentary goes, goes. I mean, dude's flying back and forth and back and forth between Canada and Japan. You you had a good point. I mean, very quickly, this is a this is a very slight departure from what you're talking about. Um, how Don Callis and uh, Kevin Kelly, yeah, are, are typically the uh, the 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 English. Uh, like the the American or English whatever announcers for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, so they're the ones that like the main Japanese wrestlers shit on like whatever they said. You know what I mean? Kind of like the way that that like Corey Graves, Michael Cole, yes, exactly. They they, they did because all there's like nine different languages and they're all they all have announced <laughs> teams at wrestling. And whenever like they all get to introduce themselves on you know Raw or, or pay per views or whatever, then it cuts back to Corey Graves, Michael Cole. They're like, I, I think he said something about getting some food tomorrow. I don't know, whatever stupid language wrestling. The, they're those guys that get shit on by the the, the Japanese commentators. Yeah, really. They're they, like, oh, they probably want a hot dog or something. Exactly. Yeah, the French fries. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, New Japan, Kidney Omega. No French fries. No, that's the French commentators. <laughs> exactly. No, exact. No, you're right. They probably leave Callis uh, and Kelly, and they're like, "Oh, okay, Coca Cola, <laughs> McDonald's, oh, football, <laughs> apple pie." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as a huge fan of Don Callis, and a, a firm believer in his understanding, this guy's old school. I would, uh, wow. If he weren't so smart, I'd almost say he's old school to a fault. And that's only because listening to his podcast that he does with Lance Storm. You listen to other podcasts? you, you got to get over this. You've got to get over this fact. Well, first of all, there are no other podcasts. There are. There's actually... There's, Don't tell there's them there are other podcasts. There's not very many that are worth listening to. But we're the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Which makes us the very best one to listen Yay. to. Yay! But, you know, we all, I mean, there's a lot of hours in the week and our show... Uh, you know, unfortunately, only takes up a few hours. How how many hours in a week? Come on. Oh, I don't know. There's twenty four times four three two hundred sixty eight. Are there really? Yeah, hundred sixty. Someone fact check that and tweet me about it. I'm sure Ryan Kelly will. Uh, <laughs> God damn you, Ryan! We love you. And uh, so yeah, if there's hundred sixty eight hours in a week, then uh, wait, wait, which, by the way, speaking of this news story, Ryan Kelly. You, you did message us and bring this to our attention. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you, listener Ryan, for bringing this this hot scoop. And yes, yeah, see, to, to dear our listeners, attention. dear listeners, you can make a huge impact. Not a huge impact wrestling. A huge impact, not a deep impact. Not a not a terrible uh, knockoff <laughs> version of Armageddon. They came out at the same time. There, there's no way they could have they could have ripped each other off because they they came out at the same time. It's like when Bugs Life and Ants came out at the same time. And it was like what the fuck? Or like Modest Mouse and the other band that sounds like Modest Mouse came Brand out. The same. Yes, and it was like okay, these guys would have been great. But here's had the they thing: come out years apart. Those bands do not sound alike. But those singles that came out like okay. the same week okay. were the same damn song. They were the same damn song. Uh, I'm going to go listen to those songs now and go, which one is which? I don't know. <laughs> right. But dear listeners, you can make uh, a big impact on your favorite wrestling podcast, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle and of it's the whole and show. It's the only podcast, by the way. <laughs> anyway. Not just wrestling. Any podcast. This on... Is it. on <laughs> 
amazing that he found us on this uh, archaic uh, <laughs> medium. Right. Don Callis and Lance Storm, with their podcast, Killing the Towns, sometimes borders on offensive and how old school it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is... Uh, Actually, there's an individual on there, and I don't want to start any trouble for a good friend of ours. So, a good friend of ours who is a television writer, who uh, who will remain nameless, okay. uh, apparently uh, butted heads a little bit with uh, uh, one of the frequent guests on Killing the Towns, uh, a gentleman by the name of George Lazenby, um, who is a friend of Callus and Storms, and a frequent guest on their program. And apparently this man had some unkind things to say to one of our good friends who is a television writer in their encounters. And uh, as a result, I have lost any respect I may have had for Lazenby. And one of the things that I dislike the most about him is probably the only thing I dislike about Don Callis, of whom I am a huge fan. And that is this bit of old school that exists in people like that. People like, uh, oh, I don't know, Glacier, and those types that never really were anyone, so they've decided the only thing they can cling to is their, like, weird B-level veteran status. Right. And they're, oh, oh man, I was in when it was old school, Mm -hmm. and therefore they are so exclusive and so uh, condescending. Uh, about outsiders, uh, and that's the only thing is I, I fear that Don Callis is a bit too old school for his own good. But other than that, excellent creative mind, excellent voice, excellent character, and I think he could probably help mold a lot of people's careers backstage. So I say welcome to Impact. Maybe you, unlike the last 100 people who have given it a shot. Maybe you, Don Callis and Scott DeMore, maybe you can fix Impact or at least improve it. Here's to you. Hey, and if you can't fix it, start up your own organization. Oh, you mean like Billy Corgan? Like Billy Corgan did. And I won't say, uh, I, won't, I won't exactly agree that he started up his own organization, but he took a very, very old one and put a new bit in its mouth threw on some new reins, and he's riding this NWA horse down to TBS? Oh, man. NWA on TBS. Say, whoa, 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 whoa. Say that one more time. NWA on TBS. Now, ask me what year it is. What year is it? It's almost 2018. It's 2017. NWA on TBS in 2018. Crazy. Dear listeners... Will we see it? I don't know. Right now, all the talk is that Billy Corgan and his recently finalized acquisition of the National Wrestling Alliance has set its targets on having a two-hour weekly show on TBS, the Superstation, a absolute mecca for professional wrestling. Uh, for a 30-year period. I think a lot of us grew up watching wrestling on TBS, the Superstation, absolutely. Oh, for sure. And the idea that we're going to see, hold, NWA on TBS. Yeah, it's full circle. Again, possibly in the near future, is incredibly 
exciting. That uh, that is a future worth looking forward to, Darren Beasley. Good old good old Southern wrestling on uh, TBS, but also with Billy Corgan. But also with Billy Corgan, he has to be on screen, or I, or I will not like it. No, he he's become the face of this. He's that, become the face of NWA, which is odd to me. That would be so amazing if we could see Billy Corgan every week on a wrestling show on TBS. I then every day will be <laughs> Louis Armstrong singing "What a Wonderful World." <laughs> I say, Billy Corgan, uh, free free advice here. Save some money, and just every wrestler comes out to a Smashing Pumpkins song. <laughs> uh, you're welcome for that one, bud. So we'll see what the future has for NWA and Billy Corgan. That's probably going to be mid 2018 at best. But still, it, it is a, a very cool uh, a very cool notion. So we'll have more on that story as it develops. But this weekend, today, if you're listening to this Friday, when the episode came out officially. That's right, tonight! Tonight and tomorrow, Fest Wrestling is going to be all over Florida. Because there are two Fest Wrestling shows this weekend. The first being on Friday, December 8th, at the Backyard Stage at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. And uh, December 9th, Pickle in the Tree 2, at good old 8 Seconds in Gainesville, Florida. So two chances to see Fest Wrestling this weekend, folks. But don't show up at Curia on the Drag on Saturday. You'll be in the wrong place. Right. That's don't it. be looking for last year's Pickle. This is Pickle 2. And we have a Pickle expert on today's show, folks. Who better to talk about Fest Wrestling with than... Clawson? Uh, than one half of the Fest Wrestling commentary team. Our good friend, friend of the show, Mr. Rich Bokini. Yeah. This Saturday on December 9th at 8 seconds in Gainesville, Florida, you're going to see Pickle in the Tree 2. So, Pickle 2, numero dos. Yeah, man, because we first saw Pickle 1. That was our first fest show. Our first fest show, and I was hooked from the moment that I showed up at that vegan coffee house in Hogtown. <laughs> <laughs> hooked on that vegan food or that awesome wrestling? The wrestling, the oh, wrestling. Okay, good, good. Well, uh, you and I know quite a bit about Fest Wrestling from all the shows that we've seen since Pickle 1. Yeah. But someone who's been there since the beginning, we have with us on the show today, one half of the commentary team for Fest Wrestling, Mr. Rich Bokini. How are you, Rich? Gentlemen, how are you? Technically, good. I haven't been there from the beginning. I think they ran a show, I think it's September. And Max and I first started doing the shows at Fest, like Fest Weekend of 2016. Okay, so technically not you're from right. the beginning. You're right. Okay, okay. You're right. You missed the first one. Mr. Information, <laughs> Rich Bikini. All right. Well, I don't want to put myself over for always being there when I wasn't. Well, I think it's a beautiful thing because now, here we go, we're representing that natural growth that has been Fest Wrestling. A natural growth? Uh, <laughs> so I got that checked out. Yeah. natural growth. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Rich coming on, then we have us jumping on board, and uh, hey, uh, Tony wasn't kidding when he said that Fest is family, right? Absolutely. It really is. We, we, you know, you you guys and I enjoyed a nice uh, a, a nice dinner, nice lunch, dinner, late lunch, whatever you want to call it, uh, at, at a fantastic little restaurant in Gainesville last month. That was fun. We sat, we talked wrestling. Oh, yeah. And that's what, it, that's what it's about. That's what it's all about. We, we are now family- and now his family comes over to our family's houses for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and we'll see you at Christmas time, too, Rich. We can't wait. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a lot of fun uh, getting sure. to know you, Rich, of course. 
Um, so pickle in the tree, this is a big deal. It's a very a big deal because the last pickle show, Sue Young actually won the championship, that Fest Wrestling Championship from the then champion Heidi Lovelace. Heidi Lovelace, of course, ran off to NXT, became Ruby Riot, and now she's on SmackDown, which is awesome. She added a T to her name, but you get the idea. Um, <laughs> so the pickle, the pickle match is a big deal because if you win the pickle, for those who don't know, Pickle in the Tree match, much like the Money of the Bank match, instead of a Money of the Bank briefcase, it is literally a pickle uh, hoisted above the ring. you got to climb a ladder to get it, and good luck. You have uh, five to six people coming at you to get that pickle. So let, let me ask you my, my first question, Rich. Uh, you were there last year, as were we. You were commentating the show. Uh, we all learned about the pickle in the tree <laughs> from the, and I'm going to do here, Air quotes from the professor. He's the professor. The professor. He's famous now in Gainesville. <laughs> and uh, wow, that was that was quite a promo he cut about the pickle in the tree. <laughs> I don't think I've heard. I don't. I, I definitely have not heard "motherfucker" that many times <laughs> in a pro wrestling promo in my entire life. Oh man, that was one of the. I remember sitting there with Max and just kind of looking at him and I'm like. What's happening right now? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Because it was supposed—it was supposed to be like this two-minute, not even two-minute promo. Like, okay, here's what the pickle on the tree is. This is where it comes from. Kind of the story behind why. Right. Why is there this pickle? This pickle on a tree, and it turned into what eight, nine minutes at just least. Drunken mutt, mutt, the motherfucking pickle. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever heard in my life. I, I hope he's back. I really, I really do. I, I'm going to miss that intro if he's not there. Um, yeah, he's got to come back and tell the story all over again. It won't be the same. <laughs> it won't be the same without him. Oh, looking forward to that. So, do, do you guys know where that comes from? The pickle on the tree. Well, thanks to the professor. Well, I just you, want to tell the listeners. If the listeners don't know, I know. Please, please. Please tell us. Yeah, absolutely. Tell them. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to set you guys up to tell them. Oh no 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 no. Rich, please. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I remember him going on for a long time. I remember. Can, can you give us the sober version of why it's called pickle in the tree? Long story short, and I didn't even know about this until I met my wife. Apparently, I I don't know if it's a, if it's a Dutch tradition, German, Dutch, Pennsylvania tradition. Long story short, there, 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 there's a tradition from somewhere where you take a, a pickle and you hide it in the Christmas tree. And then whoever finds the pickle gets, you know, a dollar, five dollars, whatever, whatever it is. But it's a, it's the deal. And to be honest with you, there are times that we, you know, put up the Christmas tree. We switch every year. Who gets to hide the pickle this year? <laughs> hide the pickle. And sometimes, and sometimes, like, you don't even know where you put it. <laughs> so you end up spending because you forget over you know a month or whatever it is, and you spend a you know you end up spending twenty minutes or half an hour trying to find this damn pickle, and it's just a, it's just fun. I would just so shake pick- the tree until it fell out, but <laughs> that that's where pickle on the tree comes from. Okay, okay, so that that is a thing. All right, all right. I thought I thought it was just some. I, I don't know what something, it came something from. Something Tony Weinbender made up. Right, right. It would, it would have been totally fine. It would have totally fit in with Fest Wrestling. Um, but I, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. I, I can't wait. Ten years from now, we're at Pickle in the Tree 12. I just, I can't wait to see that image with pickles, you know. I hope, it, I hope it's like tally marks forever. Yeah, and, and dear yeah. listeners, if you want to hear the uh, explicit content version of that story, <laughs> you have to be there this Saturday. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So here's what we know about the pickle match this year. Uh, the only person so far who is in this match for certain is Caleb Conley. Uh, Caleb Conley was not in the one last year. However, he did uh, fight Heidi Lovelace uh, after the match. And it was after that match, immediately after that match, Sue Young cashed in the pickle that she won from the pickle match. Uh, and beat Heidi Lovelace, uh, an exhausted Heidi Lovelace for that Fest Championship belt. So it's a big deal. If you have the pickle, you're holding all the cards. You're holding all the pickles, uh, so to speak. So should be interesting. You can you can cash it in from out of nowhere. Exactly. Now, is- well, hold on. Wait a minute. Last year, wasn't didn't wasn't it Caleb Conley and Heidi Lovelace in the title match, and then Sue came in and cashed it in? Absolutely. What- yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right, right. Okay, so Caleb Con- and I and I remember this last year. Max and I talked about it. What the hell has Caleb Conley done to earn this matchup? <laughs> right, and 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 we gave. I remember we kind of gave him a hard time, and he impressed me. And I I ate my words afterwards, and I even said so during the matchup. So a year later, he finally maybe gets another shot at at least getting the pickle, and then going after the championship one more time. Because again, you get that pickle, man. You can come up. God only knows. You can cash that in after like what we saw last year with Sue Young. Oh, just yeah. an exhausting match, and you know she comes out and right place, right time, and you do hold all the cards. It's a magic pickle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, Rich, I'm going to give you the opportunity to double down on your words, so you might have to eat that double down KFC uh, sandwich <laughs> because Caleb, what did he do to earn that shot last year? What did he do to be the only man who auto qualified? For the pickle match this year. He, well, here's what here's what I think it is. I think that he impressed us all so much, and you know, Tony felt like he deserved the opportunity. Right. So I get. I guess that's the answer. I'm glad that we've worked this out here again because <laughs> now I have a, a you know I have a better better idea what we're going into this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna. That's the only person we know for sure is in this match, and uh, our listeners know that last week we talked about the four triple threat matches that are going to uh, send the uh, four more participants at least. We think it's a total of six. Now, last year there were seven participants in the Pickle in the Tree match. It looks like there's going to be six this year. Caleb Conley, your four winners from the night before at Brawl by the Beach, and then there's the, uh, the triple threat match at Pickle in the Tree 2 earlier in the night that will see that sixth participant. Right, and that qualifying match is between Saeed Al-Sabah, Arya Blake, and CJ O'Doyle. Any of them are threat. Anyone can climb that ladder when everyone else is destroyed on the outside. And there was a lot of carnage in last year's uh, pickle match for sure. Uh, you know, Stigma threw uh, Jason Cade off of a bus and all kinds mm-hmm. of fun stuff. <laughs> it was a great match. Yeah, but there, uh, the, the mystery participant is, uh, that that's always the fun part, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the unknown is one of my favorite things in wrestling. Um, yep. A lot of unknowns, so you don't really know what that match is going to be. It's going to be exciting as hell. So I don't know a lot about C.J. O'Doyle. Are you familiar, Rich? He worked a handful of times uh, at NXT when I was there. He was enhancement talent. I don't know that. I might have seen him work a match at FIP, I think. I'm acquainted with him without having really seen him work too many times, if that if that makes sense. I, I'm pretty sure that he worked a few tag matches as enhancement at NXT, but I know he's zipping around all over the place. My, my interactions have always been great, and I'm actually excited to, to kind of see him get this opportunity. 
Yeah, yeah, I am excited to see him too because he does. There's something. There's a buzz. You're right. There's something there in his social media that 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 says he's doing a lot. I just haven't had the opportunity to lay my eyes on him in a ring. So this Saturday, that'll all change. Absolutely. And yep. a couple more people that were interested in seeing an action. Uh, the Coda. Uh, Caden Green, Ronnie Rios, they take on High Profile, Shea Shea McGrady, and Will Demented. Uh, that should be a very interesting matchup. Sure, see what these guys are all about. I don't know much about them, and I don't know much about High Profile either, but I think the buzz of uh, about Fest Wrestling is kind of making its way around. Uh, those guys work up in, if I'm not mistaken, up in the Raleigh area, I think. Uh, PWX, right? Yeah, I think, I, I'm pretty sure it's High Profile that's coming from PWX, and that sort of... Uh, that that tree that uh, that indie tree, and uh, I think the Coda are wrestling in uh, across Florida here and there out of Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling maybe and some other uh, okay. some other places in Florida. I mean, regardless, you know, the, the buzz about people want to come to Fest now. It's it 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 is some place that people look at as a, as a viable, uh, vibrant, exciting promotion. So guys definitely do want to come here and work. Absolutely, words getting out there, and it is funny that we don't know about a, a team called High Profile. Um, <laughs> but of course, a crowd pleaser, uh, a fest favorite, uh, a matchup that's been uh, going pretty pretty strong here for a while. The Ugly Ducklings and the Gymnasty Boys and uh, three equally charming heterosexuals, aka Tech, will be uh, a triple threat tag match. Should be a lot of fun to watch that one. Not so fun for them. These boys get violent when they meet up in the ring, but uh, fun for me. I'll be on the outside I'm eating, eating popcorn. I'm a big fan of the Ducks. I, I like those guys a lot. They're, there's something special about them. There's something really unique. And just the, the way they're, they're very creative in the ring as well. Some of the stuff that they do, some of their combination maneuvers. How'd you come up with that one? It's pretty, it's pretty good stuff. I like it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those guys are, are all clearly the uh, like next-level athletes, but the creativity... Uh, just goes to show you how much the thought they're putting into it. Um, yep. I and the gymnasty boy. Cause see, I don't even know. There's this this match involves uh, a a total of eight dudes, um, and I, I don't know. I don't even know who I like the most in this match because they're all so much fun. I mean, I all three of these teams. I mean, I I, I guess it was Tech that we saw first. Because they were at last year's pickle show, correct? And I didn't know what to make of them that night. And then they have slowly grown on me to where I am super excited every time they come out. Uh, you know, the gymnasty boys made a a, a big entrance to Fest. Uh, you know, coming out of nowhere, and it, they're another team that's again creative, exciting. Visually, you you look at them, and you're like, hmm, something is interesting about these guys. You put all three of them. In the ring together, it's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. Beyond that, what we've got is a is more of the unknown. We know who's on the poster. We know who we expect at Fest Wrestling, and so I, I'm sure we're going to see. I mean, obviously, we're going to see some of those winners out of those matches from the night before. You know, that we have the possibility of seeing uh, all of these people wrestle for the pickle. People like Carlina Gore, Jason Cade, uh, Effie. Desmond Xavier, Shane Strickland, Bandle, Leon Scott and Wolf Taylor, Priscilla Kelly, Serpentico, Darby Allen. I mean, this this is wild. All of these people, plus you, you've got Eric Cannon, and then Sue Young. Sue's got to wrestle at Pickle, right? That's true. We, we might have a brand new Fest champion at Pickle in the Tree, too, because uh, main event for Bob of the Beach the day before will be Beastly, 
who won that uh, number one contendership to the uh, PBR Wildman. Um, he's taking on Sue Young for that belt, and he might become champion. We might see Beastly as best champion the next day. Can you imagine that? He, yeah, he, he won that uh, the prestigious PBR Wildman Cup. Indeed. Over Fest weekend. And what, what, what a win for him. The, the, the crowd really enjoyed it. But talk about two weirdos. Sue Young and Beastly <laughs> going, going one-on-one, right? Can you imagine Beastly holding the championship? But it's, it's a, it is a very real possibility. Will Sue Young, essentially, will she make it a year as champion from pickle to pickle? We'll find out on, on, on Saturday. Uh, Hashtag from pickle to pickle. From, from pickle to pickle. The Friday show, those qualifying matchups, I mean, there's some cool stories in, in there, too. Like Effie uh, against Leon Scott and Wolf Taylor. We've seen some of the battles that, that those guys have had. And it's interesting. What's Wolf Taylor going to do? Exactly. Is he just going to, you know, he, he, he and Leon Scott, that are they going to work together against Effie? Has Wolf Taylor had enough of Leon Scott? So what what's going to happen with that? I'm excited to see. And then Darby Allen and Shane Strickland. They're in that matchup with Serpentico. The night before, I'm doing the MLW show, and Darby and Shane are involved in a uh, in essentially a no disqualification hardcore match uh, the the night before. So they're they're involved in that. It's a tag team match: John Morrison and Strickland uh, against Darby and Jimmy Havoc. So if you know who Jimmy Havoc is, he's nuts. So what kind of shape are those two guys going to be in? There's a lot that is you know you look at it and you say, wow, you know these qualifying matchups they're they're all triple threat matches. It seems it's just a lot going on, but there's a lot of personal stories that are involved in these matches that make them, to me, really, really, really intriguing. Because it's not just a qualifying match for the pickle in the tree. There's still a lot of personal issues here that these guys are, are going to have to uh, settle. And especially that Effie, Leon, Scott, Wolf, Taylor match, that, that one, really interested, really interested to see what happens. And really, Wolf Taylor is the guy that's, which way, where is he going to go? Is he going to back Leon or is he going to try to strike it out on his own? Absolutely. No, uh, I think as far as Fest's wrestling storytelling, this has to be one of the most compelling matches of Brawl by the Beach because uh, it's true. You think, uh, well, Effie's got no chance against Leon Scott and Wolf Taylor, but there can be only one, much like Highlander. There can be only one. So Wolf Taylor doing the best, doing what's best for Awaken means, I guess, Leon winning, but will Wolf accept that? We're going to find out. And our boy Effie. Exactly. Can, can Effie overcome the odds and take them both out? Man, I can't wait. I I, see. I, you know, uh, how can you not root for Effie? And I think Effie would be a great representative as champion for Fest Wrestling. Everything that he's about and just even that aside, just what he does in the ring and the way that he ignites the crowd. I just think all the way around, if he's somehow able to win that championship, what a great story that is. I, com- I completely agree with that. Um, we are we are biased as hell because just <laughs> by being such right? big fans. But I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, I'm gonna cheer for who I like to watch, and inside the ring and outside the ring, Effie is the top of that list. I just I I, I mean, I almost salivate at the thought of Effie and Sue Young one on one. Who, who Bomb, you know, yeah. regardless of who wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I you know who wins? <laughs> the fans win. The fans win. Well, I didn't we fall all for win. This time. We <laughs> all win. Exactly. The fans always win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's Brawl by the Beach, December eighth at eight p.m. at the Backyard Stage at the San Augustine Amphitheater, and December 9th at eight seconds in Gainesville. Pickle of the Tree two, folks. Check these out, man. It's going to be a two-parter. Fest Wrestling's running two nights in a row for the first time. Uh, so, I mean, this is, you, you could say it's two different shows, but it's kind of part one and part two of the same show. 
You know, the story begins at Brawl by the Beach and ends at Pickle in the Tree. So how will it end? We're going to find out, folks. Rich, thank you so much for joining us here. We can't wait to see you at both St. Augustine and Gainesville. Gentlemen, a pleasure as always, and uh, it's always good to run in, run into you guys and see you guys and get to sit and talk. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a, a pretty fun weekend. For me, first three and three that I've done in forever. I think probably since, I don't know if I ever did a three, well, I don't know if I ever called shows three days in a row with WWE. It may go back to my hockey days when we would have three and threes. And once in the old United Hockey League, we called it the U-Haul. I had a four and four once. Oh, four wow. hockey games in four days. Non-union league. It's unheard of. But <laughs> long story short, guys, I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys on both Friday and Saturday. Absolutely, Rich. Well, we can't wait to see you and check this out. And uh, that's it, folks. Well, thanks, Rich. We'll see you this weekend. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to seeing that good old fest wrestling all weekend. I want to be like, uh, like, uh, like, like neck deep in fest wrestling. You're going to get that. I want to get like, what is that called? What is that little divot like above your upper lip under your nose? You know how it was like a little fold there? It's got to have its own name, right? Some people get it pierced. Okay. Anyway. You're, lo- you're losing the audience. I want to be right there. I want to be up to there in Fest Wrestling. That way my nostrils... You can still breathe. My nostrils can still get oxygen. You can still breathe oxygen. in the Fest Wrestling. You still hear the Fest Wrestling. You still see the Fest Wrestling. Right. It smells like PBR. And, and, oh, it does. And love. It's good stuff for sure. And uh, another Fest Wrestling expert is a man who's been wrestling for, as far as I know, been at least for the last year for Fest Wrestling. Uh, he's a high flyer. You might know him from Team Lucha. Lucha, 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 Lucha. And you might know him as Serpentico because, well, he's both. He is uh, Jonathan Cruz. Let's talk some wrestling with Jonathan Cruz. Sound good? Sounds great to me. Welcome. And we are joined here on the whole Refn show by Jonathan Cruz. You may know him as Serpentico. Welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, we're excited to have you. Things are great here. And we want to talk uh, all about Jonathan Cruz. We want to know about what it's like uh, in your life, what the life of an indie wrestler has been like for you so far in your adventure, and uh, what it's like being Serpentico. And, and eventually, we're going to talk about Fest Wrestling. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, wonderful. Well, let's start uh, from the beginning. Uh, tell us a bit about how you uh, how wrestling first entered your life. Uh, actually, I've been around wrestling my entire life because uh, my uh, father actually used to wrestle uh, when I was, you know, a baby. So I used to be brought into like these locker rooms and before I even knew what it was. Right? I just, I remember being in locker rooms and just seeing these gentlemen just change in front of me and go out and beat them up, beat themselves up and come back and, you know, change again and leave. I'm like, I don't understand what any of this is. And then eventually uh, I, I, I came to, to love it and now I'm doing it myself. Oh, awesome. That, that, that's very interesting. I think that is the earliest uh, of anybody that we've ever talked to as far as their uh, exposure to the business. So, com- yeah. so coming, growing up around it, um, do you naturally have a sort of uh, quote-unquote smartening up uh, is that happening uh organically or does that still have to happen as you uh age i guess it, it 
it actually it happened. It, it I mean, it did happen organically. I, I didn't have anyone sit me down. Like my father didn't sit me down and go, "All right, this is fake." He just always told me, "Hey, I'm gonna be okay." Which in my head, he's trying to calm me down because, you know, you, you see your parents get beat up when you're small. You of course you're gonna freak out. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but uh, the scene, uh, the scene in Puerto Rico, especially when when I grew up, uh, that it was very it was very bloody. You know, it, there was. No, no, uh, no show that didn't have you know two or three matches where everyone's bleeding on top of each other. Because back then the business was completely different. Um, so, uh, so of course I completely thought it was real, and so did the Puerto Rican scene. Just because there's so much blood, and how can a human being bleed every night? It has to be real, right? They would never do this on purpose. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, you know, as I got older and, and as I, as I started just, just being, you know, I'm a curious kid and just started asking questions and started realizing, man, they're bleeding a lot, but, but, but there's no bruises when they punch each other in the face. And I got punched in the face last week and look at my eye, right? So <laughs> you start, you start slowly putting pieces together until you realize, oh, wait a minute. It's, I mean, it's not fake cause it does hurt, but I get it. They're not really trying to kill each other. Right. Eventually, just uh, you just start. I didn't even like come to my dad and, and say, "Hey, I know what you're doing." I just we came to an understanding, like a silent understanding, where okay, I I get it now, and and actually it made it even cooler for me. Oh man! Well, I mean, th- that much exposure to the business, especially at a very young age, we don't really understand what you're seeing. That that, that could probably turn off a lot of people. So I'm sure a lot of kids that were in similar situations might be like, "Well, I'm not doing that. I'm going to become an accountant." Um, exactly, exactly. We, we we call them losers. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I I do I do need them to, uh, tax time, so they're cool. They're cool. They're, <laughs> they're losers <laughs> until February, and then <laughs> they, yeah, then yeah, they are yeah. they are the fawns, man. They're cool. And then I ask for so many favors. I'm like, hey, so guys, remember that one time? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know, I tell you one thing that's really interesting is I have I, I that's a real eye opener that you said you're experiencing that. Uh, firsthand as the child of a wrestler and you're seeing that I had to have my father smarten me up and my father was <laughs> definitely not a wrestler. He just knew that his son was watching the four horsemen beat up Sting to the point right. that I was crying <laughs> and he had to say, son, Sting's going to be okay. He's going to be fine. <laughs> well, well, th- to be fair, Darren cried watching Saved by the Bell and other shows. <laughs> Uh, so the, there, there is that. Um, but is that was wrestling on TV as well for you as, uh, growing yeah, up? Yes. So, so, so wrestling. Uh, we had obviously we had uh, our local wrestling, which is uh, back then was IWA and WWC. We also had uh, Mexican Lucha Libre uh, show right after that. So we had CMLL and AAA, and then we had on Saturdays we had Superstars, and then you know, and the Monday Night Raw, and eventually Nitro, and eventually Thunder, and eventually you know all the other shows. Oh God! So wow! Many. So, so Perry asks you: Did you have any wrestling on TV? You had all wrestling on. You TV. had more than yes, anyone the only, ever. Had. The only day there was no wrestling eventually was like maybe Wednesdays, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! And then TNA, you know, when they first started, they took that slot. So every day, pretty much. <laughs> oh wow! You've been so like you're you're a pretty legit hardcore fan. But I mean, at no, what point? Absolutely. Oh yeah! I mean, that, that's <laughs> I don't even have to ask that question. You've watched more wrestling than. Probably like 80% of wrestling fans, I have to say. <laughs> um, so at what point did you decide, you know what, I'm going to do this too? Uh, 
Um, so I don't remember specifically going one day and going, oh, wow, this is, I'm going to do this. It's just when you're surrounded by it for so long and so you have such an abundance of it, you eventually get two things. Either you're going to hate it because it's around you 24-7 or just fall in love, you know, completely head over heels. And mine was a ladder, right? So uh, there was no specific moment where I said, oh, I really want to try this. I just eventually, you know, I, I went to school and I I you you know school is very clicky so i hung out with the people who love wrestling right and then you eventually you know you, you graduate and you go your separate ways and then you realize man like i'm still thinking about this i'm like sure i'll go to school but in school i'm thinking man i really want to this is i, I don't want to be here right I, mean, I, I i should be here but i really don't want i'd rather be out there um so it's just a gradual progression of just just since i'm always around it i eventually just fell completely in love and just one day, I remember uh, the day after I graduated high school uh, I was my first day in wrestling class. So, and then ever since, you know, it's sixteen years later. Uh, now, now, as far as your training goes, uh, how do you get your start with training? Your formal training? Um, actually, so I seeked out back then. Uh, it, again, I'm I'm from a very very small island, right? So yeah. the, the options for me are completely limited. I can't get in a car and drive to Florida or sure. drive to. Tennessee or anywhere like uh, our island is a hundred miles by thirty five miles. That's that's how big it is. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah. Or or how small, depending on your perspective. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, I'm gonna go with how small. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I had to seek out, you know, just who, like, how do you get into this? Who's training? Like my dad. By the time, like, I I I I wanted to do this. Uh, my dad was completely out of the loop. You know, he stopped wrestling. Once I, I think I turned like five or six as he just decided to just get a real job. Uh, so uh, there, he was completely out of the loop. I mean, he would still take me to matches and, and stuff like that, but he didn't know who was training and, and where to send me and stuff like that. So I just, I just started calling people and calling these promotions. Uh, and uh, IWA back then had a, a training school that was about to open right when I was graduating. I'm like, oh, this has to be, this is, it's great. It's perfect. That's actually happened again later in my life, which we'll eventually get to. But uh, as soon as uh, as soon as I got that number and they told me about the school, uh, I, I showed up. Um, and actually, my uh, original teacher was uh, Mir Huertes from uh, Lucha Underground, which is that that it was pretty cool. Oh, excellent! Yeah, that's cool now. Yeah. That's so cool now. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Like you guys, like he's the one. Like as big as dense as he is, he's the one that taught me Lucha Libre, and he's the lightest person I've ever met. And he's he's massive, right? So yeah, uh, I, I I owe a lot to uh, to my original training. I owe a lot to him, like move wise, like how to how to be proper footing and, and all that all that stuff, all the fundamentals that you don't really think about because people just look at you know wrestling. And go, we'll do this move here, right? But so much, so many things go into it, like just a lot of fundamentals and footwork. Uh, he was detrimental uh, in teaching me that, and without without him, I would definitely not be where I'm at right now. Awesome. Um, is that all the training you've had, or did you did, did you come no, so over here? I, and... I trained there. I trained there for for I believe four years, um, and then Ricky got signed. I mean, Moses got signed to AAA, so he moved to Mexico. Um, so after that, uh, I, I just weighed my options. You know, I'm like, I, I was in, in every class I've ever been in. I've I've been you know the smallest, right? So. I weighed my options. Like he's leaving. Like he's my main supporter. Like nobody else would give me a time of day. He would be the one to take me to shows and go, "Hey, this guy's good. Put him on. Watch." Right. But without him, I'm kind of swimming, you know, against you know, in this pool of just giant, giant men. 
And uh, I decided to, you know what, I'm just going to weigh my options and see if I can do any better in the States. So I just packed up my bags and moved out here. Wow. So where did, and, so where uh, do you uh, where do you hit land in, in the United States? So I so I had a, I had a grandfather in Florida. Um, so I, 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 I think we all do. I think we all do, John. <laughs> yeah, I think I think everyone does have one, right? Th- th- that's uh, where all the old people go. <laughs> correct. Correct. Uh, so uh, my grandfather uh, he he moved recently to Florida back then. So you know he was here for two years and. Uh, I moved up here uh, primarily for for wrestling and because I want to finish my my education. I don't want to finish my education back home. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, so uh, I have a uh, a degree in, uh, in in criminal forensics, which is something really cool, but I've never used ever a day in my life, which is great. Oh wow! <laughs> so well, wait, 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 let me listen to you guys. If any wrestlers decide to start committing murder on the scene on the circuit, he, he he's, he's gonna know. He's gonna find out who. <laughs> Oh boy, I have the training. I'll catch you. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 I minored in psychology back home, and then up here, like I have way more options to, to fulfill what I wanted to do. So I came here to study, and then one day I'm working at a gym, maybe 20 minutes from my my grandparents' house, and uh, I see a banner, you know, just random by happenstance. I wasn't even looking for a wrestling school. I just see a banner that said Team 3D Academy opening soon. I'm like, uh, I don't know what this is, but it sounds sounds you know like something i would like sure back then uh uh uh, i wasn't privy to to the politics of like the dudley boys leaving wwe and going to tna and having to change your name because they don't own the name anymore you know all that stuff so i'm like team 3d i'm like man oh i I know that yeah so i I, like i know like 3d is like a dudley boy move like team 3d there's no way that this is them right so i walked into the back and there in the holds bubbles right there with this big halliburton suitcase and like (laughs) <laughs> oh boy! Well, uh, and uh, yeah, that day I just signed up, and that's it. That's why I had it, again, like I just I just walked in and just like this 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 I wasn't going to this gym because I knew these were the school was going to be here. Uh, I just this, this gym was closest to my grandparents' house, and lo and behold, the wrestling school was right in the back. So oh wow! So uh, he... I continued my training there with Bubba and Devon for uh, honestly for I, I I don't say I don't like saying that. My training's over because it's not because I actually work there now. But I've been there for ten years under their tutelage, and now I'm a, an assistant trainer at their school, which it wraps everything up in a little bow pretty well. Well, that, that's actually kind of awesome. You think about it because you left you, you left wrestling in a way because you, you you were around yeah. it so much growing up, and then you came over to the states and you found it all over again. And yeah. it, it's like you ran right yeah. into it all over again, like it was meant to be. Exactly. It's like I don't, like, I don't know if it's it's a fate, destiny, whatever you guys want to call it. But it I think both. that me leaving, me leaving home, going well, uh, I don't know what'll happen if I move to the states because it's way bigger. So, you know, what are the chances of me getting somewhere? Uh, but the, the school being, you know, twenty minutes from where I live was just perfect. So oh, yeah, I took it as a sign. Like just, I joined and never looked back. That's great. Um, you're actually not the first person we've had on the show. Who trained with the Dudley Boys at uh, Team 3D Academy? Uh, would you yeah. happen to know a young man named Teddy Stigma? Oh, I know good old Tedward very well, actually. Oh, Tedward! Uh, I like that one. I call. Oh, he has. He has. I. I. He has so many names. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 depending on my mood is what I call him. So. Aww, that's great. Well, yeah, I, I guess yeah. you guys trained together. Then that makes sense, right? Yeah. We. Yeah. We. We actually for for good. Good. Four, four, maybe four or five years, we train like you know side by side. 
Um, and we, Alice is one of my best friends, so as much as like we like to bust each other's balls. And if you ever follow us on Twitter, we have probably the most driest conversations, but, <laughs> but we do it on purpose so people can look and go, what is wrong with these two people? Like, what is going on? Uh, and it, it just it, it, it just makes us laugh because it's like an inside joke for us, but no one else knows. And everyone else probably thinks we're just very boring. But uh, no, it's it's all in good fun. It's hilarious for us. I, I will definitely say that you and, and Teddy have very entertaining Twitters. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you'll never uh, sometimes uh, sometimes uh, I tweet him a question or or ask him something or tell him something because I'm too lazy to switch apps and text them. <laughs> uh, so I just you know see see what he replies with, and I'm never disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys, I think you, I, I've seen the most Simpsons gifts between you <laughs> and, you and Teddy Stigma. Yeah. So I, I really yep. appreciate that uh, as a wrestling fan, <laughs> as a Simpsons fan. So I got a question about uh, sty- stylistically speaking. So you grow up and you're kind of watching this bloody, brutal island style uh, as a kid. Yep. And then you, you train uh, a little bit. You, you, you've got a little bit of a, a lucha slant for your training. But then all of a sudden you're getting trained by the Dudleys. So yep. uh, what... Uh, is it uh, is it your size? Is it an attraction to the lucha style, or or is the mask separate? Is the mask a separate uh, thing for you from lucha libre, or is it tied to it? And regardless, how do you find like a lucha libre uh, influence? So uh, um, I'd like to say that my career is uh, actually it, it's separated by two very giant blocks of time because uh, I've been I've been wrestling sixteen years. I've only been wrestling under a mask for two. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot more than what it is, but it's only been two years under a mask. I just, it, it just, it, the, like, the way I like to say it is like, I've been wrestling 16 years, but I found my most success in the last two. Um, if that makes any sense. Just because as soon as I, I, I took on uh, this first Serpentico persona, like, just uh, my career skyrocketed in a way that I, I'm never home now, which is great. But at the same time, I'm never home, and I've never experienced that uh, until, like, you know, started two years ago. So uh, I, I like to say that I'm, I've been trained by – I have the best of both worlds because uh, Ricky, I mean, went to train me. He trained moves. He, he taught me how to be safe with my punches, my kicks, how to do moves, how to take moves. doesn't matter how small I was. He wanted me to be able to give big man moves just so I know how to protect myself when someone gives it to me. Right. Sure, that's smart. excellent. That's right. Smart. So if, if I know someone's going some someone's going for something that I know how to give, I know how to protect myself because I know how to give it. You know. Yeah. Uh, so so Ricky's responsible for for how I move in the ring. Uh, if you ever see one of his matches, we move very similarly. We're just completely different body types. But I move the way I the, the burst of speed and and the stuff I do is very emulative of him, just because I was under his wing for for a good five years. Uh, when I got to Florida. Uh, with Bubba and Devon, that's when my career took a turn. And instead of actually improving my in-ring acumen, uh, it was my brain that was, you know, being worked on. Because their psychology, especially tag team psychology, is unmatched. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, my my, I credit them for for every good idea that I've ever been credited for. Uh, in in you know in a wrestling scenario, that's their teaching. You know the. Bub and Devon are masterminds of psychology, uh, and I've been able to absorb so much because, again, I've been around them for 10 years. 
no one, I don't think anyone's been able to claim that they've been able to, like, been trained by someone for 10 years. And <laughs> to the point where now, now that uh, when I'm teaching the, the younger kids who are, are first starting out so I can prepare them for, for the next class, I, 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 I sometimes, like, I, I can hear, like, Bubba in the back of my head and Diva in the back of my head as I'm talking. And I'm saying the things they told me 10 years ago. I'm like, wow, this is what people say when they, they hear their parents when they're scolding their kids. <laughs> like, ah, exactly what that feels like huh? oh man right so uh so you know i got moved from ricky psychology from from bubba and divon and then uh, uh once i took on this mass persona uh actually everything sort of clicked and came together uh because uh, as as you guys know i've been i was part of a, a tag team uh for the majority of my career uh, once, you know, once uh, eventually like everything, everything runs its course. So we literally did everything we could together apart from like get signed together to a major company and have a run there. Right. Um, right. Right. So, right. So eventually once, once I got, once, once like we took over like these mass personas, uh, we were able to explore a different side of, of, of our wrestling and our characters. Um, and it's very fun just cause if you look at the picture of like Serpenico, he he doesn't look very nice. Yeah. Right. So that's so so that's very fun to, it's very fun and challenging. Like let's say one day uh, I'm at a show and they're like, hey, I need you to be a, a good guy. I'm like, man, have you seen how I look? That's almost impossible. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like kids are terrified. Like how am I going to do this? And but. It's and I say it's impossible because it, it it does sound impossible, but then it makes you think. I'm like, wow, I'm gonna go back and 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 kind of rely on the training that I was given and see if I can turn this crowd who who might not like me just because of my looks. I want to see by the end of the night or by at least by the end of the match, they're cheering me. You know, every day is a, a new challenge for me, which is really cool. Which is why after 16 years, like it hasn't been boring. Uh, and 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 it's it's been really cool to see how. How people like react to this, knowing that I'm I, I've been you know John Cruz for the majority of my career, uh, and now they see me do this and they're like, wow, it's a completely different person because I've been able to, to to study more you know the the, the character is very snake based, so I've been you know I I study you know natural geographic uh, documentaries about snakes, you know see how oh, they wow. move and how they strike and how how they react and how they coil, it's all that good stuff I've been able to implement in my matches and that's something that. Apart from the lucha aspect, uh, which uh, I, I I I love lucha, um, but a lot of people don't play up their characters. Right, right, and, 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 and that goes back to psychology because, that you learn from Devon and Bubba, right? Correct, correct. I I have the benefit of uh, my my training was very uh, uh, majority very Americanized, and Americanized wrestling is all hundred percent character. Sure. Right? Uh, so I've been able to implement that to uh, this character. So I'm not just Oh, a flippy guy in a mask who can do flips. No, I yeah, sure I can do flips, but look at you know I look at the way I come in and, and I tell promoters like well, just watch my entrance and see how I like I react to to to, to people booing me or cheering me, you know, uh, and that's been the most fun yet trying to trying to see what works and what doesn't work. Not everything works, and that's that's fine, but it's been really fun trying to to merge all my training after 16 years and see if I can take this to another level. And that is a very long story, very longer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. This is great. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you uh, more recently, like you've said, the past couple of years, you've been you've become this uh, Serpentico alter ego, which is awesome, and we, we love the look a lot. 
Um, uh, but I mean, you were, as you mentioned briefly, a part of uh, Team Lucha. Um, yes. And uh, we have to we have to bring up very quickly the uh, the the jump that you guys did from the second floor of eight <laughs> seconds for yeah, uh, yeah. Test Wrestling. Bring your mom. Uh, that was like probably one of the biggest spots of the year. Um, I, I don't think it won the Festi. Did it win the Festi? Yeah, dude. Oh, yay! Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. That was obviously... I, I swear to God, you guys did it, and it was like, oh, my God. And now it seems like in every show, someone comes off that second that second uh, floor yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy, and I'm honored to be the first person, so I don't have to ever do it again. Yeah, I was about to say, and there's nothing like... <laughs> There's nothing like the first time. <laughs> no, that's right. That's no, right. I mean we were... uh, that's that's something where uh, I I I get there to the building early and uh, you know Tony the promoter goes, hey, do you want to do something crazy tonight? I'm like, uh, your definition of crazy is way crazier than mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tony is batshit insane in a great way, but he's batshit insane. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Perry so, and I were standing there, ground zero, looking up at you guys, <laughs> right there that night, and uh, that was a cool place for us to be because one, we didn't have to put our bodies on the line, and two, oh, it, it, it's yeah, great yeah. when it's you guys doing. We it, had front row seats, right? <laughs> uh, so Tony looks at looks at me because Jay wasn't there yet, and he's like, "Hey, do you uh, tonight? Tonight?" I'm like, "Uh, for what?" He's <laughs> like, uh, and he just looks at me, looks at the balcony, and goes, "Balcony." And I look at him, and I'm like, "Man, okay, Tony, it's we'll we'll do it." <laughs> and, uh, and he walked away. I'm like, "Well, that was my chance to say no, and I didn't say no, so I guess I'm doing it." <laughs> what you do is you want to you want to go on later, and maybe Tony's had a few drinks and he forgets he told you to <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, Because uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of PBR drinking everywhere. Everyone uh, really oh, yeah. enjoys it. So I mean, so Team Lucha and Serpentico. And you've obviously wrestled matches, uh, singles matches, not as Serpentico. Uh, but yeah. what, what do you like better? Do you like tag team wrestling? Do you like singles wrestling better? Uh, I well, I, I I have a soft spot in my heart for tag team wrestling just because you know uh, it's the what I've done for the majority of my career, and because Bubba and Devon have you know just instilled it, and, and they're very, at least in my opinion, they're correct. Like, there's nothing like a very well oiled tag team match, right? That is for uh, sure. Two guys can go out there and and have uh, an amazing match, and that's great. But when there's four people out there, that's and everything's running smoothly, and I personally think there's more drama because of that element of two other people that can royally, royally mess up your plans, right? Oh, right. Yeah, that's what absolutely. tag team wrestling is. You know that you, you want to isolate one person uh, in order to get the victory. But sometimes, uh, and it, it sounds cliche, but sometimes it is like just absolute poetry, just watching like the perfect tag match happen. I, I, I will definitely say, speaking of tag matches, and that match is, uh, in particular, the Bring Your Mom uh, tag match, I believe it was uh, it was Team Lucha, and also uh, Roscoe Eat Lisa, the Ugly Ducklings, and I think Tech yeah. also involved, and that match yeah. was just insanity, and it's, it's very rare for any Fest Wrestling tag matches to actually have a tag format, so everyone is just going constantly, it's just spot, yeah. spot. Spot. I'm trying to take notes because we do reviews on our show for all the fest shows. Yeah. But every time I look down to take a note, so you know, I, I don't call the wrong person the wrong name, which we did once. And again, we're sorry we called you Lance Lude that one time. 
That's um, right. He's uh, he's my buddy, and uh, yeah, beard, beard, beard brothers stick together. So it's all good. Awesome, awesome. Uh, but it's it's just man, there's so much happening. If you look away for a second, you you miss some sort of corkscrew 450 from the top of the yeah. ceiling, as you don't know. It's crazy. So man, hats off to you guys. The matches that I've seen you guys do alone and you do alone are just incredible. So keep oh, it up. Well, thank you very much. Oh man, dude, do you have a favorite uh, uh, favorite match? Do you have a favorite? Favorite people that you like to wrestle, singles or, or tag? Uh, otherwise, any, any, any time, any time we get in there with with, uh, with tech, uh, it's always it's always a treat. Um, we've wrestled each other maybe thirty times this year, and uh, I think wow. so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and every time, every time we get in there, it's it, there's no stress. You know, we're all on the same page. We all just want to, you know, just have the best match possible. Uh, and it, they all they all turn out to be just these ridiculous barn burners, and uh, those have been like my favorite matches. At least this year, like my, my my tag matches have been you know the ones with Fess or or, or with Tech are are top notch for me. Yeah, I mean, they're, and they're and they're top notch to watch as well. And like Perry was saying, that one at Bring Your Mom with all four teams, you know, Tech yeah, obviously yeah. is a big part of that. That match was sort of there was something extra special about that match because. You know, you say it's insanity, it's it's a million things to look at, it's spot, 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 but there was, in all the chaos, there was a, there was a storyline. There was a, a certain fluidity to that particular matchup that held it all together. It never felt out of control in that bad way. It felt out of control in that really good way as a, as a viewer. Yeah, one of my, uh, one of my, like, proudest moments being able to I, i'm i'm i know I'll, I'll freely admit it here i'm the one i love taking control of of at least tag matches okay uh just because uh again i've been trained by by the best and they've instilled in me how psychology is important so uh for having been a tag team wrestler for the majority of my career i i like to sit down and go okay let's try this archetype you know we'll have a a, a structure of this uh, you guys tell me your ideas, and we'll probably make them fit where I think they 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 should, uh, where they should fit, you know. And and for the most part, I never had any kickback, just because that's how I am when I wrestle. I, I it's 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 my baby, right? I, every yeah. match I wrestle, and I consider it my baby. So I want it to be the best possible. I never want to phone it in or go, eh, whatever, see what happens. Eh, uh, that's just not my style. So if I ever have a chance to sit down and put something together, like I put my heart and soul to it, and there's no, no better feeling than than going. You know, then, then putting a match together and then just watching it, you know, unfold and go, wow, this is like a creation from like just words. And look at this. This is like beautiful. And just there's absolutely nothing like it. That is awesome, by the way, that you said that and that you if you're doing a match and you're paid by a promoter and there's at least five butts in the seats out there. You will go on and, and try to put on the best match possible. Because hundred percent, yeah. And again, that doesn't mean like if there's five people, it doesn't mean I'm going to land on my head thirty times, right? <laughs> uh, well, shouldn't it? Still, they bought tickets, can, <laughs> right? But you can still put on a match that's highly entertaining for those five people that showed up, and you, they get their money's worth, right? Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Like I, like it, I, it really disappoints me when when uh, I see people like, oh, there's nobody out there. Well, I'm not doing anything. Like it's. It's not the attitude to have. Like it's not. It's not that you're not doing anything. You should just be smart of what you're doing. It's completely two different things. Oh, for sure. All right. Now we're we're about to uh, jump into this weekend's brawl by the beach fest wrestling show, in which you will be uh, appearing as Serpentico 
in a really killer matchup. But before we talk about that, I do have one last question. You said you you know trying different things, and Serpentico is relatively speaking new, a part of your career. So what was it like uh, after going under the hood? Like what was it like taking that the the mask on and, and wrestling and living that character underneath the mask? How did that change things for you? Um, I felt like a giant idiot. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I sure did. Uh, because, uh, not because of like, the gimmick of the mask, because uh, I'll admit right here, like, I, sometimes I get booked uh, because of how I look, and the guy, they don't even know if I can wrestle or not. I'm like, uh, I'm lucky that I can, but I get booked <laughs> because, oh, that, that, that picture's really cool. Come here uh, like December 5th. I'm like, uh, okay, I'll be there. Cool. <laughs> uh, which is actually, I think, how I got booked at MLW. I don't know when this comes out, but I'm wrestling at MLW on uh, Thursday, December 7th. And uh, that's, you know, Court Bauer saw the picture and went, all right, you're on my show. I'm like, what? what? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this this is actually, this show will drop the uh, the day of Brawl by the Beach. So, okay, if, okay. yeah, so, so this is the, anybody that's cool. listening to this day of, Serpentico wrestled yep. last night yeah. at MLW. That's right. And hopefully I was victorious. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he won. Or, or and rather, I won. and I he tried. didn't uh, win. Yeah. So when I, first, when I first put on the mask, I'm like, because again, I, you guys see me wrestle without it. I'm very, uh, my, my, I, I'm very expressive with like my facial features and my body, and oh, yeah. I think everything, you know, everything has to do with with something else, right? If you're wrestling uh, and you're you're just stone facing the entire time, you're not. Gonna, it doesn't look like you're having fun, and so people are not going to have fun watching you. It has to be tough to tell the story if if people can't see your face when you're wearing the mask. So that's why more difficult, correct, right? Correct. So okay. exactly. So so the reason why I say I feel like an idiot is because I was always used to just looking at people and just having this giant expression on my face. I put the mask on and all they can see are my eyes. I'm like <laughs> I know but I'm still but I'm still being expressive underneath the mask. You just can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh he, so he is like, he is Brando I, under I, that I, mask. I, yeah. <laughs> I realized really quick that you have to now I have to tell a story with obviously not not just my face, but like more of my body, too, and the way I move. And this is why I started, you know, studying like uh, uh, snakes and different types of snakes and how they how they react to prey and how they react to being fearful or how they react to like, you know, just almost dying. All that stuff comes in play because now I have to tell a story with my limbs and how I, how I slither in the ring and uh Sometimes you go to a show and all they want to see is punches and kicks. I'm like, perfect, easy night, punches and kicks for everybody. They love that, <laughs> right? Um, but I, I like I like implementing something slithery in at least one part of a match. So they'll go, oh wow, he's actually putting effort into this. So uh, it's been a, a work in progress. But yeah, that very first time I put the mask on, I'm like, uh, what do I do? Like I'm gonna and and. and don't get me wrong, there's been times where I didn't change up the way I wrestled. I just wrestled the same way I did. And it wasn't as successful because, again, they can't see my face. But they couldn't see my face, and I didn't change anything about my body or my, my body language. So the connection to the crowd wasn't there. And I just you just sit back after those matches and go, okay, so what went right? All right, this went right. What went wrong? Cool, how can I fix this? Um, yeah. So, uh, so uh, again, in these two years, it's, been, it's like retraining yourself all over again. Is now even cutting promos is completely different. 
because my mouth is completely covered. You can't see my lips move. Oh, wow. So I'm really talking to you and just looking dead, you know, in, into your eyes. Uh, and, and, and I have to, to, to move my head a certain way or, or move my body a certain way. So, you know, I'm talking and change my inflection with my body as well. Right. You actually made me laugh at, um, uh, Fest Wrestling. We are family. The last Fest show, um, you're in the main event, the scramble match, um, with Matt Palmer and, uh, Matt Cross and a few others. Um, yeah. And you, you've, you got thrown to the outside and you landed on the, like the, the steps to get into the ring. But like you, you did it kind of comically, or like you, you, you hit the steps and you kind of looked over in the crowd, and you, you landed like pretty near me, and I didn't hear what you said, but just, just like the way you were emoting, like seemed very funny, like you were like basically commenting on like how like you were like getting beaten up or something like that, but it was just very funny. I thought I was like, oh wow, he's he's still funny. Like with, <laughs> oh, so with I, I, again, I, uh, I try to have fun. Doesn't matter what character I'm doing or, or what you know what persona I'm trying to portray, uh, especially in front of like a fest crowd, right? Because fest crowd is it, it's a giant party, right? Nobody they they don't want to be bummed, and I'm not going to be the person to make them bummed. So you know, I will have those moments where you know it's again i've been wrestling for fest for a full year now they've all known me as john cruz you know it's a very very small portion of the the audience that doesn't know i'm the same you know the same person right the mask so i'm not going to insult their intelligence uh i think there was one there's one point where i got tossed out again because because uh because my opponents are dicks and then i looked over i looked over as john cruz i would always hit a dive and then drink some beer Right, I had a random person from, from the crowd to give me beer, and I I down it. Uh, I did the same exact thing, you know. I grabbed I grabbed someone's beer, but this time obviously I take my mask off a little bit just to drink it. Uh, <laughs> obviously, people know people know it's me, but they appreciate that I don't hide it from them. Right. No, no, that's very right? cool. If it's if it's if it's a completely new crowd and a new market and new territory, new promotion, of course I'll I'll I won't I won't break that that I won't cross that line. If I wrestle in front the... of you already. Uh, and you know who I am. We're gonna have some fun, and I'm gonna. Ha- and, and the thing is, I'm gonna let you be in on the joke, which is the best part, because now you pe- now you feel like part you're part of the show. Oh right. yeah, and, man, and everyone everyone there feels like they're part of the show, and that's a cool thing about fest wrestling. But you have to also take into account not everyone's a hardcore wrestling fan like we are. Like not everyone follows everyone on right, Twitter right. and Facebook. So so eventually, like you might be you might be there as a couple of shows as Serpentico, and people might be like. What happened to that Lucha Cruz guy? You yeah, know what I mean? It's 100%, like, 100%, he is Serpentico. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you will be Serpentico tonight at Brawl by the beach. You're oh, taking I will. on Oh boy. You're taking on Shane Strickland and Darby Allen in a triple threat match. And the winner gets a spot in the Pickle and the Tree match the very next night at Pickle and the Tree 2. Uh, yeah, so uh Boy oh boy, Tony knows how to Definitely knows how to book matches, huh? Oh man! Uh, not only not only giving me uh, Darby Allen, but he gives me Shane Strickland in the same match. In so, the uh, same yeah, match. I mean, can't even think of. And, can't even be thinking about pickle yet. <laughs> no, exactly. You you cannot think about a giant ladder match the next day because you might not even be in it, right? Right. You you, you don't uh, count your pickles before they hatched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So go. truth be told, like uh, it, it's Shane lives maybe 20 minutes from me i was actually you know hanging out last night we're actually in california together for a week last week uh i have nothing but respect for him and his body of work because the gentleman is completely amazing right uh 
he's been wrestling for a long time and I've actually I've enjoyed seeing how his career uh has has essentially turned the corner because uh he even mentioned like this is the year where he started main eventing shows and being put on posters and being looked at as a major player and if you think about it yeah 100% Drew and he's you know his his uh his his tagline his catchphrase is swerve his confidence and that's all I see these days uh, you know on his face he's just he's confident in who he is uh, he knows what he, he can do well, and he goes out there and kills it every time, you know. And it's nothing but an honor to be in there with him. Uh, Darby Allen has only been wrestling, I think, for two years, um, and has some of the best footwork I've ever seen someone have. Um, oh, some wow. of the things that he does with no hands, these no hand springboards, and just his amazing balance, and just the way he just throws his body, you know, <laughs> against the wall and see what happens. Uh, it's very commendable, and he's 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 another one that, man, if he keeps healthy, like he's gonna have a very fruitful career. Um, so uh, Tony put me in this match, you know, like uh, I wasn't expecting it, but I'm actually glad it happened because now uh, I, I think our three styles uh, are definitely something that complement each other. Uh, we can give someone something, you know, to, to talk about at the uh, at the show this weekend. Uh, we would definitely agree about. The styles being complementary of one another, uh, but at the same time, as complementary as they are, they are especially coming from three different directions. It's like a car crash waiting to happen. Oh, absolutely! They're definitely, uh, uh, anytime you get you know three guys that just you know, and, and, and I like to include myself in this, like give it their all. Uh, there's n- no bad can happen because whatever happens, it's going to be something that you're going to talk about right after. And, and hopefully, you know, people go home and go, wow, like all these matches are great, but that one triple threat with Shane, you know, Darby and Serpentico, like that really like stole the show. And that's, that's my goal of your show. Uh, everyone, you know, again, everyone has a, a purpose on the card. Um, but my, my, my goal for every show is to steal the show and not, not being disrespectful to anyone else on the, on the roster or any of the performers. It's just how I am and how I want to be. Right. So that's my goal every time. And, uh, hopefully we do it again this week. Well, I, I hope you do. Or, wait, or tonight. Oh boy. Right. <laughs> exactly. Tonight. And then if you know, you're doing that tonight and you're talking about stealing the show tonight, uh, you got a lot of things that you could potentially steal this weekend because you steal this victory, steal the show. You got a chance to get the pickle. You could end this weekend. You could do a three for three MLW two fest shows, get a pickle, and get a championship at the end of this whole thing. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually aiming for four because right after pickle, I'm going straight to Georgia for uh, one fall wrestling for uh, for QT Marshall up there. But wow. I need for four. Four for yeah, four. This weekend, this, this week is pretty packed. Uh, apart from like the pre taste for MLW we had yesterday, so um, uh, I'll be the first to admit I swore off ladder matches last year. Uh, <laughs> I had the last ladder match I had uh, at the time was the uh, Wrestling Revolver, uh, you know, uh, Open Scramble uh, Championship match at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Sammy Callahan asked me to be part of it and you know threw me in the ladder match I'm like sure I'll do it after that match I'm like man I'm safe 
that match was crazy. <laughs> Tables, ladders, chairs, uh, everything under the sun. I'm safe. All right, cool. That's the last one. Not doing one ever again. Uh, fast forward. Fast forward uh, three months later, uh, I'm actually doing, again, I'm at Revolver in uh, Clive, Iowa, and I'm in a ladder match for the first ever Revolver Tag Team titles. I'm like, Man. I survived that. Unfortunately, didn't win, but <laughs> survived. I'm like, all right, that's it. Uh, I'm done. This is the last <laughs> one for real. No more ladder matches. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to uh, just, just, you know, uh, spoil what, what Revolver has planned WrestleMania weekend, but that's not going to be the case, unfortunately. I might I might be in yet another ladder match. Wow. But no, the most no, never important one right now is the one uh, at Pickle in the Tree 2, because I have a chance to be, you know, become... Uh, uh, I want that I want that Fest title so bad. It's so pretty. Uh, absolutely. Sopranico and Sue Young would be a pretty, pretty great match. But first, don't get ahead of yourself, bud. Guys, you, you got a tall yeah. order there with uh, old Shane Strickland and Darby Allen, and you're doing four shows this week. Um, that that's gonna hurt your Skyrim playing time, bud. I don't know. I, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so here's here's I figured uh, I I have it down to a science. Okay. I get I get to the building. I find a corner with a plug. <laughs> Doesn't matter where in the building it is. I bring a chair. I have my gear set up. And I, I ask what time I'm going to wrestle, and I plan out. I'm like, all right, I wrestle at 6, and it's 3. I definitely have at least two and a half hours to play Skyrim. <laughs> uh, nice. I, don't, I don't think about anything else until I'm done saving. I'm like, all right, I'll change now, and I guess I'll wrestle. So we'll see. I, 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 can, I, can, probably still, I can probably still put in a good maybe two hours per show this week, so... You know, at least 16, 18 hours. I'll be all right. Uh, okay, well then, that that leads me to my the most important question of the interview. All right, are you, you ready for this? Oh, I am. Stormcloaks or Imperials? Don't even. <laughs> it's a civil war. You have to take it's a side, but everyone's bad, wrong. Bad, man, nope, nope. Uh, I am. Uh, I I love to play in every every open world RPG. I love playing the devil's advocate. Nice. Uh, nice. I like. I, I like uh, going up next to a fashion and going, hey, those guys, they're dicks. <laughs> they, 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 those guys are talking so much shit about you. And then immediately go to the next fashion like, yo, those guys over there, they're assholes. You, should, you guys should fight. That's just me, every open You're an game. instigator. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Well, we can't wait to see you in action tonight because you listen listening to this tonight. That's right. Or, or maybe last week if you haven't listened to the show, Leah. <laughs> Uh, it just depends if we listen to the show. But uh, Friday, December 8th at uh, the Backyard Stage in San Augustine Amphitheater. Uh, tickets are at Ticketmaster. If you have, if it's not too late, get one and check out Serpentico fighting Darby Allen and Shane Strickland triple threat match. Winner gets a shot at Pickle in the Tree the next day uh, at 8 seconds in Gainesville, Florida. And uh, we hope to see you at both Serpentico. Oh, yes. I will definitely be there. So, uh... I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we got to have this chat. Um, very, uh, very fun. Very easy. Now I'll, I'll admit, some podcasts, you know, they they sit me down and go, "All right, tell me about your life." I'm like, guys, you were hosts. That's just dialogue. Right? We we, <laughs> so we used to do that. Much. We used to just leave the microphone on and say, "Tell me about yourself," and we would go get a burger right, and, and, and we'd come talk. back. Go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Some of the best lunches I ever had. <laughs> right. That's there you great. Go. Well, uh, Serpentico, John Cruz, 
Thank you so much for coming on the whole Refn show. And uh, on behalf of my partner here, Perry Smith, I am Darren Beasley, and we sincerely want to thank you again and wish you the best of luck at Brawl by the Beach. Oh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Anytime you guys want me to come back on, definitely we'll do it. Uh, we'll hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. And once again, we got to thank Sir Pentico uh, for that interview. Great stuff, man. Really cool. I love that every wrestler we get on the show has got a different journey. And that's the beauty of bringing anyone on the show, really, is it's, everyone's got a different story, man. And everybody's got a different way of telling that story. And the one thing they have in common is they're passionate about wrestling. They're passionate about their careers. They're humble about their success. They're more than generous to be forthcoming and engaging a guest on this program. Yeah, man. And we're very thankful to them. I, and I, it's always so fun to have uh, these these guests on the show. I, I wish it could be every week. Uh, it's just difficult to arrange sometimes. But boy, is it fun when we get to have these types of conversations. Absolutely. So once again, thank you, Mr. Cruz, a.k.a. Serpentico. Good luck to you this weekend. We want to also thank Rich Bocchini for stopping by. Hey, that's our good friend, Rich. Very, very cool of him to do that. Very busy guy this week. We're very happy that his wife is now recovering uh, from her surgery over the weekend. Absolutely. Best wishes to the Bocchini. Best wishes to Mrs. B., and uh, we'll see you, Serpentico and Rich. And we'll see all of you, dear listeners, at Fest Wrestling this weekend. That's right. We hope all of you Everyone are get there. there. Yeah, man. San Augustine and Gainesville, Florida. Will we see you there? We hope so. Let us know if you're going to go. Hit us up on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a share. Tell your friends. Send us an email if you want to. You can. Uh, the whole ref and show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E. R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram. We're on there as The Whole Ref and Show. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W. The whole Reffin Show. Like our pictures, leave us comments, start conversations, ask questions, and like all the pictures, we're going to keep them coming your way so you are infotained to the gills. That's right. But again, just just under the nose so you can still breathe. Right. All right. I'm going to spend the next week figuring out what that part of the body is called. I'm sure someone's going to message us about that. And we appreciate the feedback, of course. And we appreciate you, dear listeners. Thank you for listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole ref and show. By the way, my name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. And we'll see you at Best Baby. See you later, alligators.
No. Yeah. For millennia, my soul has wandered through space and time. But not all who wander are lost. Matt Hardy is a fool. Yeah. A charade. An illusion to mask his own failures and insecurities. Matt Hardy knows nothing of what is actually real. I am well versed in all facets of the multiverse. I have studied at the Library of Alexandria, battled alongside Genghis Khan, danced with Cleopatra, held symposiums with Plato, and meditated atop the Great Pyramid of Giza. The ramblings of a madman can be very dangerous, especially for those of you who listen. Due to my condition, I have laid dormant inside this vessel called Matthew Hardy. But now, thanks to the consumer of terrestrial entities, I have been woken! Last week was not Matt Hardy's breaking point. It was mine. I actually feel alive again. My heart is pumping. And there's a fire in me that is only growing stronger. But my fire will not cleanse you. My fire will not save you. My fire will make sure all of you burn. Bray Wyatt, you left me with no choice. I sentence you to deletion! <laughs> Oh!